Steph. I'm Alex. And this is Not Today, our true survival story podcast. Do you About? know the drill? About survival stories. Have you heard? Amazing. <laughs> oh, do uh, you, what, do you have anything the... to say before we start the story? Yeah, no. The the beef continues with oh, um, God, the beef our neighbor continue. and the child. And because it's not... Like, if it was just the kid continuing to scream, like, it wouldn't be noteworthy. It happens every day at 8 a.m., mm-hmm. but... But, okay, at, so at 5.30 in the morning the other day, not only was this baby screaming at the top of her lungs, but the parents were screaming along with it and clapping and encouraging it to scream and clap and scream and clap, and it was 5.30 in the morning. Yeah, and this went on for, like, what, 10, 20 minutes? Yeah, Like, it too went on long. for a long time. Too long. Like... The parents would clap. I understand. And then the kid would clap. Like, I, and, I understand. And then it would go, ah! and, and I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, it was it was a lot. And I understand, like, this? not being able to stop your baby from screaming and whatever. But when you are engaging with your baby at 530 in the morning, screaming. How about don't clap? How about don't do it? How about be kind to your neighbors? Yeah. Wow. Hope they hear that. <laughs> yeah. Imagine they listen to this at some point and they're like, those... <sighs> bitches anyway all right well how about just don't be an asshole no, I, I don't even care if you do hear it <laughs> oh Gosh. god but i i actually have a i was mad <laughs> yes yeah but i mean you know it is it is what it is but um i actually have a correction from last week because i in i realized in the beginning that i said that my story took place in minnesota when in fact it took place in wisconsin and i did i think i corrected myself halfway through that. um but I just wanted to correct myself again because it was Wisconsin, not Minnesota. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you started off with um, Minnesota and mm-hmm. then you uh, said Wisconsin. Listen, the Midwest and I remember, is just... I remember being like, what? I know. But I didn't want to like, I don't know. Yeah. Stop my flow. Confuse. Yeah, I didn't yeah. want to stop your flow. I get it. But it was, it was certainly a bit confusing that we moved from Minnesota to Wisconsin. But I guess that they're right next to each other anyway it's like it's an m it's a w it made enough sense to why where i didn't feel like i need to like i'm low-key dyslexic you know it i I think i just flipped him in my head because minnesota is very close to wisconsin no i'm not talking about (laughs) i'm talking about w and m that's you know because right you know they flip upside down you got one you got the other yeah but that's just one letter all right drag me i don't care (laughs) i i messed up i'm correcting myself shit (laughs) Well, anyway, I don't know anything about this story that we're about to hear. Yeah, and I haven't even reacted, so you don't even know. I don't know anything. Not All you one know thing. is that it's true crime, right? Yes, I did know that. There you go. Well, today's story is about um, Melissa Dome. And Dome. Robert Burton. <laughs> that was my first reaction. Oh, anyway. We love that. Um, this happens in Clearwater, Florida. Oh, Florida. So this is another Florida man story. It can't be good. As unfortunate as that is for Florida. Um, This incident happened in 2012. Okay. Um, And it all starts with Melissa Domes and Robert Burton's relationship, uh, which started when Melissa was in high school in 2009. So this is like a high school sweetheart sort of situation? Yeah. So he was out of high school mm-hmm. she was still in in high school what's do you know the age difference or like how um, far out of high school he was probably a year or two okay um and i'm just doing like mental math because i know how old she was at the incident and mm-hmm. i know how old he was when he was sentenced okay but that didn't happen until uh, about a year after the incident so like i think it's about a year so probably so it, like a senior probably in like high 1918 school. or 1817 okay that's right not around so... there so yeah. it, you know the age difference isn't a big deal yeah for a second i was it's gonna be just... like creep alert but yeah, like it's not it would have been much. weird if she was like you know if she was younger yeah um but the point is, is that it was normal sure so it was, it was probably like he's 19 she's 18 and they started dating um initially and from the description that melissa gives there's no description from robert she said that it was a happy loving relationship Um, robert would bring her flowers and by all measures it was a happy and healthy relationship Uh, she said that they were inseparable 
So as um, high school sweethearts tend to be. Right. Um, and initially, Melissa felt sympathetic for Robert because um, she learned of his rough childhood, uh, going back and forth between his grandparents and mother's house, and Robert felt like an outcast in his own family because his mother eventually remarried and had two children with his stepdad Mm -hmm. and he always kind of felt like like the black sheep you know the black sheep he wasn't included um so he kind of found that in melissa's family and kind of felt like he had a home there that's nice uh so um you know in the beginning you know everything seems fine they're both happy um but this all changed when Melissa began applying for college to go to nursing school. Yeah, that, that is when it tends to get sticky with high school yeah, relationships. it's when things get real. Uh, yeah, because it's like... everyone starts going to college yeah, and moving away. It's like you either go to the same college or, or you, you just are long distance for a ton of years. And that's so hard. Sometimes it works and out. And sometimes it works. Like, I do, know but... people, I do know people who dated in high school who did long distance pretty much all throughout college, and it worked. But, I mean, that is not the typical... Like yeah, no. how it goes. Yeah, I would have to say usually it has to have an end date on the long distance or it's else tough. it's just not going to... It's tough. It's not going to go through. Yeah, and um, it's such a stressful time for high schoolers too because it's like you want to go the place where you feel you're going to do best, but then you're also like, well, I love him, but it's also like you're 18 years old, so chill your shit a little bit. But I mean, at that yeah. age, you're like, I don't, I only know love. I, I'm, I am yep. love. And it's yeah. like, no, you're not. <laughs> go to go to college go to college have some experiences yeah 100 percent um i would like to say uh melissa has one hell of a work ethic and she applied to nursing school with 600 hours of volunteer work at a oh, local shit. hospital so she's been um plotting for this and working her ass off plotting oh yeah, i'm sorry <laughs> she's been plotting she's been scheming she's been plotting she's been scheming. <laughs> uh so she said that Robert never wanted her to succeed ahead of him and became very jealous of her and her success. Tiny dick energy. Yep. And this is when he started putting her down, calling her names, stupid, dumb, and would devolve into calling her a bitch. And obviously this um, wasn't great for their relationship. Did they break up because of it? Just wait. I'm I'm spoiling it. Oh, just well, that's, wait. That's just the teeniest little dick energy. Right. So uh, Melissa put up with this shit, to be quite frank. Well, that's um, shitty. And she, I think she put up with it. She must have put up with it for a time, but she tried to end the relationship. But Robert threatened suicide if she was to leave him. Toxicity. Yeah. So right there is. <laughs> what most would call a major red flag. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Hugely toxic. Yeah. And um, so she stayed because she didn't want him to commit suicide. Yeah. And things progressed worse. I always think that's so fun. Not the the whole him threatening to commit suicide. That's not funny at all. But when, (laughs) when it's the story is like, oh, she tried to break up with him. And he said no. <laughs> like, yeah. how do you say no to a breakup? <laughs> you can't say no to that this shit. This was not a question. <laughs> it's not a question. Yeah. Uh, um, but anyway, that's okay. Go yeah, on. <laughs> it, so things progressed worse. Robert one day ended up putting her, his hands around her neck and started strangling her. Casual. And he eventually let her go. Um, but it was quite clear that. It's a now physically abusive relationship. Physically was abusing her. Yeah, that's not funny. I'm just uncomfortable. So that's why I'm (laughs) making jokes. It's just, I can't even imagine, you know, you're just having a normal day or I don't know the situation that brought about this because they didn't go into too much detail. Like, Jesus. Well, I mean, I feel like everything just like turns on a dime when he does that. It's just like crossing crossing a huge line yeah crossing a line that you can't go back you from. can't go back from but I, I feel like it i mean from what you've just said him threatening to commit suicide so that that must have been like just a very emotionally abusive and you know mm. mentally abusive relationship that tended to just or did get worse and 
Yeah, I mean, he he's already calling her stupid, right. dumb bitch. Turned physical, so, which turn, I f- yeah. is not the craziest next step. It's just you got to get out of there right as soon as you start to see those red flags because that's crazy. I'm not blaming her, but don't get me wrong. But that's this is just crazy. So keep yeah. going. Yeah. Um, so and then so after he strangled her and let go, he said if she told anyone about the incident, he would kill her and her mother. Oh, yeah, that's not good. So Melissa didn't tell anyone because she didn't want to die oh, or her so mother fucked. to die. That's really that. Oh, that must have been such a scary situation. I can't imagine. Yeah. It escalates further. Of course. In one night uh, in October 2011, Robert had been drinking and Melissa drove him home. And after they got home, I think they got into some some argument and he started punching her. And pulling her hair. Oh my god. She was able to get away and called 911 screaming. And I listened to the tape and it's haunting because yeah. all you can hear is she is just so frantic trying to tell the operator what's happening. She's just screaming. Oh my god. And, you know, it's hard to get any information from the operator's perspective, but they did send police her way. Were they able um, to, like, pin her location just based off of her call? or They must have. Yeah. Or she, they, she got out enough information mm-hmm. to um, to let them know where she was. Because I didn't listen to the whole call, but I listened to a good chunk of it, and it's fucking haunting. Yeah. Um, so she's running away, right? Mm-hmm. And she realizes, as she's running away on the phone with 911, that Robert had promised to kill her and her mother if she ever told anyone about the incident. And now she had. Or contacted the police. So now she's contacting the police and she's like, oh my God, Robert's going to kill me and my mother. And she starts running home. Oh my God. And Robert catches up with her and you can hear him on the 911 call. Oh, wow. He's like, what are you doing? Like that tone. Just pissed off. What the fuck? And luckily, two police officers show up at this point and arrest Robert for um, domestic battery. Yeah. Thank God they showed up at the time they did because who knows what would have happened. And so they arrest Robert and um, the two police officers um, told her that they didn't want to keep coming out here. Uh, the girl always goes back, and they never wanted to see her again because of a 911 call. What the hell? Wait, the police officers were telling her that they didn't want... Well, I mean, I, I understand what they're saying. They're saying, they're like, like, they don't... Leave. Yeah, they don't want Basically. him... Like, don't go back to him. I understand, but, like, don't say it like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That just sounded so, very harsh. So, to be fair, um, this part is from her account. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's a direct quote, but if it did come off that way, where yeah. it's like, the girl always goes back, we don't yeah. ever want to see you again, like, that's obviously pretty shitty. Yeah, but, I mean, um, I know... I think the best uh, way to interpret what they were saying is that, like, this happens a lot where the girl will go back and not press charges. Yeah. And we can't help you if you're going back to the right. person that, does that make we sense. need to press charges against. Yeah, that does make sense, and, and that is, I feel like pretty typical it's pretty typical unfortunately unfortunately so terrible it is and i mean maybe that was just like a i mean not i don't know tough love kind of a situation where they're like don't i don't want to come back i don't want to ever want to see you again like kind of like when you're at the hospital and the the doctor's like okay i never want to see your face ever again don't come back by because they're like don't get sick again you know it's like kind of a cute thing but but uh that doesn't sound cute that but you know it's just it's just a tough i mean situation i mean if you listen to the call she's in a terrible mental state oh, so i can't imagine like i mean how to could be you honest, not like be? that probably wasn't the that is probably wasn't the best thing to say to her right in any case um robert's arrested and melissa asked if they would if the police would come with her to tell her mom what happened and it was in this moment she recalls feeling so ashamed because she felt like she was disappointing her mom by keeping this situation from her. Mm. Because if you remember, you know, Robert basically almost strangled her 
right. before stopping. And she didn't she tell didn't her mom about that? She didn't tell her mom about it. Yeah, I mean... And she felt so ashamed. And, yeah, I can't imagine um, feeling ashamed like about something like that. Well, I mean, that's, that's something that yeah. I feel a lot of victims of domestic violence... Um, talk about where they're like oh i i didn't tell anyone because how could i how could i let this happen to me and i can't let anyone know because who what would that say about me for letting someone treat me this way but you know they still stay and it's it's like Mm -hmm. it is like a drug like it's an addiction these toxic relationships and i mean that it, it must just be so hard and confusing and also like they explain like shameful in a way i mean when you're in the situation but it's just such a dangerous situation and i mean if you can recognize that you feel ashamed about being in this situation like that should be enough to the situation it means the situation is not okay and it's not going to just start being okay right and um i couldn't believe this and i this is something that i couldn't find more details about and i was pretty annoyed but um Robert is arrested for domestic battery at this point. Remember? As he should be. Yep. And that night, he was released after 10 hours of being in police custody and ordered to stay away from Melissa. Okay. Because however, that does a However, yeah. he wasn't charged, it seems like. I couldn't find anything so he was just about taken... her being, him being charged for these, his for actions. For domestic violence. Yeah. Sure. So he was taken. I mean, I, I I don't know how it works exactly, but I mean, maybe she didn't press charges. That's what I think yeah, happened. Because but I couldn't find anything affirmative that would say that. Right. But my guess for what happened here is that he was released because she didn't want to press charges. And then she just basically said something like, don't ever talk to me again. And I won't press charges. At that point, you got a you got a restraining order. I mean, yeah, yeah. They don't mention restraining order right. anything. I they saw. just said don't go near her again, but like didn't say yeah. okay. This this piece of paper says that if you do go near her or try to contact her, you're going to be arrested or fined or whatever type of. Is a restraining order if you contact them? Yeah, it's okay, any it's any kind been... of it's any kind of contact, whether it's phone call, text, email, any way you reach out to them that is violating the restraining order or if you come within a certain amount of you know feet or whatever um but yeah i mean if she didn't press charges then it doesn't surprise me that she didn't get a restraining order because i mean at this point i'm sure she's still wrapped up in the whole relationship even though she knows it's toxic and wrong wrong and and abusive yeah um so it's I'm really mad that I learned that about restraining. I didn't know that about restraining orders, Mm -hmm. but that actually would have really helped her um, avoid this incident, unfortunately. And so after um, this this particular incident, before um, the one that almost kills her, Robert did stay away from Melissa for about three months, and she returned to uh, a typical college life and Melissa said that she felt relieved to be the old her and felt like she got her life back at this point. So she she's going to college for nursing and the incident that almost kills her happens on January 24th, 2012. Melissa was 20 years old and after not seeing Robert for about three months, like I said, she began receiving multiple calls from Robert Um, at all hours of the night, um, he was saying that he just wanted a hug from her to get some closure. Ew, what? That's not closure. That's creepy. A hug? Right. Ew. Yeah. No. Gross. So she initially said like, no, Uh, stop. As she should. Stop. Leave me alone. And he was extremely persistent. He said, you can't give me a hug after everything we've been through no i can't give you a goddamn hug because you fucking hurt me emotionally physically and you threatened my family no i can't give you a goddamn hug you shitbag tiny yeah. dick energy ass Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so he's extremely persistent he's giving her that line um really just trying to guilt her into hugging up. him yeah and giving well 
we will soon see that that is not what he wanted. Of course that's not what he wanted. He's just a creepy little creep, creep, poo-poo, pee-pee man. Nice burn. <laughs> um, and so Robert's extremely persistent. And Melissa said that it was super pathetic. And she just wanted to go out and get it over with to be just be done with Robert forever. Oh, that's the worst because it's like you're not going to be done as if you keep engaging with the person who is terrorizing you, it it only fuels them to be worse because you're giving in to them, you're giving them what they want. Like right. if someone's treating you that way, they're not just going to stop when you give them their fucking hug. Like that's going to change yeah. anything. It's yeah. it's so fucked up and it's so toxic and it's such a vicious cycle and oh god so scary anyway keep going yeah so melissa's like he's so pathetic and she just wanted to get it over with so she could go to sleep (laughs) that was her mindset and reluctantly she agreed to meet him outside for this bizarre closure that he wanted and she felt in her mind that this wasn't right but she went out anyway and She went out and made eye contact with Robert and remembers thinking, like, I can't go back inside. He's already already seen me. Yes, you can. You can do whatever you want. You have free will. I know. (laughs) But this is how she felt. She's like, I'm already outside. He sees me. I have to, I got to go through this. Just get it over with and I'll be back asleep within 20 minutes. See, this is the time where I think about, um my favorite murders mantra of fuck politeness because that is so true like you don't owe anybody shit you really don't even if you have dated this person or whatever you don't owe that person shit especially when they treat you like shit like imagine being in her position and being like oh he sees me now now i can't pretend i'm not home or pretend i'm asleep or whatever i can't go back inside yes you can you walk your ass back inside and again i want to make this very clear that i am not saying she is to blame for any of it because she's not but like that it's just fuck politeness fuck that guy you don't owe any asshole any of your time or your fucking body you don't owe him a hug oh i hate that man i hate that man I'm just going to keep singing because I sing when I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> we love the musical number. Yeah. Um, so she's she's already made eye contact with Robert. She's walking out to hug him to just get it over with. No words are said in this entire exchange. Uncomfy. She just wanted to get it over with, go back to sleep. She remembers walking towards him and recalls that his face was completely emotionless, blank. Yeah, that's not a good sign. And they embraced, saying nothing. And Melissa hears a click. Like he's cocking a gun? No. This was his him opening his knife. Ooh, that's and even he worse. he started stabbing I mean, no, her. Not. Oh, God. Stabbed her in the shoulder and then really went for her face. Um, and Melissa quickly realized that she was in a fight for her life. Yeah. Oh, my God. I don't know what. Oh, Lord. So he starts on her shoulder, but he quickly moves to just, he's stabbing her face. And she gets stabbed so many times that her hair is sopping wet with blood. Oh, my God. She starts putting up her arms and hands to block him. Right. He just keeps stabbing her. Um, she remembers hearing her skull crack uh- from his knife. Oh, and that's not what you want to hear. That's no, not the sound you want to hear. I would hear. have to say not. <laughs> so he held her down on the pavement because she's being stabbed. And he just keeps going. He gets a second knife that's larger. Why do you, for what? For what? Because and keep stabbing her. All in all, she was stabbed 32 times 19 times in the head in uh, and neck 19 what and 13 times in her hands and arms so 13 defensive and the rest are oh my god this entire time she's pleading for her life as one would and he continues Uh, um and only one hold i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry um 19 in the head and neck Mm -hmm. 
and he broke her skull. Mm-hmm. Yep. Ow. Yep, I couldn't believe it. Ow. That's some owie ouch. That that's very descriptive. <laughs> Listen, this is no thought head empty. Yeah. I there's there's no correct and, and reaction you, and to you this. Said, it's just absolutely horrible. Yeah, and you said that you were watching you watched a documentary where she was like talking about it, correct? Mm-hmm. And wh- how was she just very matter of fact about this whole thing? For this section she was. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's how you respond to that. But that's I'm sorry. I'm I'm processing. It's taking me a moment. Yeah. I mean, there was multiple times where she broke down. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it was never for her own pain. It was always... For, like, someone else? Like, her mom? Usually or... for someone else. Oh, that's so terrible. Um, he stabbed her with a larger knife. And pretty much when it was, from her perspective, he left when basically he thought she was dead. Right. And, and just, was she at her, her mom's house? Was there anyone home? She or was, was at she... college, remember? Oh, so she's sure. Like, so she's by herself. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then he just got up and drove away. Melissa's still conscious, thank God. Um, she's feeling herself starting to slip away because she's losing an extremely large amount of blood. She began to pray to survive at first, then began losing hope and just prayed that she would go to heaven. Oh, my God. And... Uh, when recalling this is when she breaks down like i can't even imagine she's basically convinced that she's gonna die yeah i ooh, that's i can't put myself there no thanks so thankfully uh by some bystanders um call 911 on her behalf and first uh responder not first responders i'm sorry but uh responding officer police officer was first on the scene um was able to, uh, she, the police officer was a her, she got there first and was able to get Robert Burton out of Melissa as the person who did this to her. Mm-hmm. And they sent out a, a bolo, be on the lookout for Robert. Was, so did this all happen like right outside of her dorm? So like kind of in a quad? So there was just like a bunch of people like, you know, who are living in the dorm just in their rooms i actually don't know okay but i would imagine yes yeah i mean if you're on a college campus but... and you're like in a dorm there's gonna be people around which is why someone called the cops which is good because a lot of times there's a whole bystander effect where you, some you see or hear something happening and you're like oh that's someone else will call that's not my problem yeah no one will ever call it's gotta be you yeah um so the responding officer got Robert's name out of her, and they, they sent out a bolo for him. Mm-hmm. And um, the responding officer also asked, you know, were you stabbed with a small knife or a large knife? She said both. Mm-hmm. And the officer was like, that just gave me chills to the bone. Right. So she had multiple teeth knocked out. Her blonde hair was soaked in blood, and you couldn't even tell that she was blonde. That is so scary. One first responder said that he had never seen someone injured so badly. So this is after, um, obviously, an ambulance arrives on scene. Right. They start treating her uh, to stop the bleeding. And one of the accounts from a first responder said that he could, you know, her face is covered in blood. And he's like, I can't even really tell where the wounds are so yeah. i have to like kind of go hands-on to see you know where the, where the cuts are so i can stop the bleeding and he said that he started touching her face and he could feel with his fingers um where robert had punctured her skull oh and my... his fingers could slip into the holes i hate that i hate that so much because it's like just that is Whoa. the oh my gosh so Melissa's losing a ton of blood. She's been stabbed 32 times. And first responders call a helicopter to airlift her to the nearest hospital. And Melissa's in nursing school, remember? Mm-hmm. So she knew that patients that are being airlifted are being airlifted because... They're going to die. They're, they're going to die. To. Or they are not going to survive if they go by ground. Right. So... She already believes that she's going to die. And now she 
has just another piece of evidence to support that because she knows that people that are being airlifted are close to death. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know what could be going through your mind at a time like that. I mean, oh, I I, I don't even have anything to say other than that. Yeah. I just, that's so, so this scary. En- this entire time, they're doing, they're doing CPR on her just to keep her from flatlining. And she arrives at the hospital still conscious or at least not clinically dead. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Jeffrey Johnson, uh, former trauma surgeon in Afghanistan, said that he, ha- he hadn't seen such industri- injuries since the battlefield. Oh, that's not <laughs> good. And at the hospital, they started CPR and blood replacement, so they basically put an IV. They're doing a blood transfusion to try and keep blood, blood going in. Blood in her body, in. right, instead of coming out? Yeah, and then they moved to stop the bleeding. And during this resuscitation effort, Melissa clinically died twice, and doctors were able to revive her both times. Wow, that's incredible. That's a medical miracle, if you ask yeah. me. So the doctor said, you know, she wasn't giving up, obviously, and neither were we. And at this time, I'm I'm sorry if this is a spoiler, but is is this Robert person, he's still on the loose? Wait for that. <laughs> Wait we'll, we'll, for it. We'll go back to that very soon. The, the good part is that Robert is caught, I'll tell you that. Um, she lost so much blood that she had a stroke mm-hmm. during this resuscitation, and this eventually resulted in a partial paralysis. But after five hours, trauma surgeons were able to stabilize her. And Melissa wakes up in the hospital, so overjoyed to be alive. But she asks for a pen and writes, dead, alive, or jail. Because she was still so scared that Robert would bust through that door and kill her. That he, she just needed to know where he was. Yeah, I don't blame her. That's... I couldn't even imagine being in that situation where someone who you were once so close to or, or, you know, loved could attempt to murder you and be so angry that they stab you multiple times with two knives. Two. Yeah. One's enough. Well, I mean, one's too many, if you ask me. (laughs) We don't, we don't, we don't. We don't support stabbing. Yeah, we don't support stabbers. (laughs) I'm sorry. We got to keep it lighthearted, you know? Jesus. It's, it's fucked up. So here's the good news. Um, at this point, they had Robert in police custody. So there's your answer. Love that. So they tell her, Melissa, you know, he's not, he's in custody. He's mm-hmm. not going to come harm you anymore. And police had found Robert Burton after getting a call because he crashed into a convenience store with his truck of course he drives a truck after trying to commit suicide by overdosing on sleeping pills and fell asleep at the wheel crashed into the wall of this convenience store with his foot still on the gas and the back right tire of his truck actually kept spinning right popped the tire and what was left of his wheel ground a hole in the pavement because it just kept spinning. Wow. What a cinematic visual. Yeah. They had Robert in custody after finding him like this. And Melissa asked police what Robert's reaction was to hearing that she was still alive. And they told her that he was just blank. He had no real reaction to hearing that the girl that he just tried to kill was still alive. I hate this man. I hate him. So, right now, Robert's in police custody. Melissa's in the ICU at the nearest hospital. And she spends seven days in the ICU before being moved to a hospital room. And it's at this point where she gets to look at herself in the mirror for the first time after the incident. And she couldn't smile. Scars are all over her face. She has basically no teeth. Half of her hair. And she couldn't walk on her own. And she just recalls um, that moment when she looks at herself in the mirror and she just breaks down in tears because it's just not the person 
that she once was. And she had such strength to just carry on from this point. And so you can imagine how devastating it is to just see yourself like that. But she was also told during her recovery that she might never walk again, she might never talk again, and she might never be the student that she was. Because remember, she had a stroke from all the blood loss. She continues recovering in the hospital bed and asks the doctor that's treating her. She's like, is there any chance that I might be able to go to Europe in May? So remember, it's January. Mm-hmm. And the doctor says, you know, if you really work hard at your physical therapy and everything goes well, you will be able to go. And this is this is the thing that Melissa latches on to and mm-hmm. is like, this is going to be my motivation for this recovery. And she, that's exactly what she did. She worked extremely hard at her physical and psychological therapy. And three weeks after her attack, Melissa walks out of the hospital on her own. Wow. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. And you want to know what her biggest concern was? Yeah. Walking out of the hospital? Yeah. She walks out on a Friday, Mm. three weeks after she almost dies. And she's like, I got two full classes, two days of full classes on Tuesday and Thursday next week. So she I was... need to make those. <laughs> That's her biggest concern. I think you can take a little time off. Just if no, I... she doesn't. Wow. That... Are you... Wow. <laughs> I mean, that's incredible that that was something she was concerned about for what she went through. That's insane. She's inspiring. She is inspiring. She She's what a get... What a just... Nothing was going to stop her. Like, to be just frank... Yeah. And her quote was When I went back to class, I didn't want to let this stop me. Bottom line. Period. Wow, what a strong ass woman. That is some inspiring ass shit. She's yeah. like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna not be who I was, so I'm gonna work really hard and I'm gonna walk out of here and I'm and I did yeah. it and I'm gonna make it to class on, on those days. Yeah. <laughs> because School's important, which mm-hmm. it is, but also, is. hello? Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, it's like of all times that you could have missed class. I know. Like, and it would have been acceptable. I think this is definitely something you can you can write your professor for. <laughs> one of those cases. Well, I'm glad she had something to look she didn't. forward to. No, I know. That's what she I'm saying. Didn't. But I'm, I'm glad she had something to look forward to, like like uh, working at it to get to Europe or whatever. You know? Yeah. So she has she has graduation and then after graduation Europe. Right. So these are her two big goals. Wow. And um, so she does walk out of the hospital on her own, but she's definitely not done with physical and psychological therapy. No, of course not. She works at physical and psychological therapy for months, and graduates on time. Wow. Wow. And walks across the stage at graduation. <gasps> Wowie zowie. And not only does she walk across the great the stage at graduation, she was chosen as the commencement speaker at oh, her own graduation. Kidding. That's so crazy. Oh my god, I think I would I would have a heart attack. My yeah. social anxiety giving a commencement speech? Hell no. <laughs> Could you imagine me before I mean, no, that's that's incredible, and and she is amazing and yeah, so strong and so inspirational. That's so mind blowing. But I'm just putting myself in not even her shoes because not even you know tragedy aside, trauma aside, trauma aside, my dear. If I had to give a commencement speech, I would shit my pants beforehand. Well, she did a great job. I bet she did. And she I sounds have some incredible from her commencement speech. Tell which me about I think it. Were just fucking awesome. Uh, one of them was the harder the journey, the more glorious the victory. And she also said, when the entire world seems to be against you, telling that you can't do it, or don't even try. Instead, listen to the voice inside you that whispers, "Yes, I can." And I just like 
Wow. I got goosebumps watching her speech. Yeah. It's it's so awesome. And she did make it to Europe after that with her friends and traveled to London, um, Germany, and all over France. And she remembers a specific moment from that trip when she went to see the Eiffel Tower in Paris. Mm-hmm. And she just broke down crying looking at the Eiffel Tower lighting up mm-hmm. and she just says like her friends are like you know why are you crying which i don't know why you would ask that as her friends but let's disregard that for the moment and she you know she's just explaining to them like don't you understand like i should have been murdered but here i am standing yeah. in front of the eiffel tower in paris are you kidding me yeah this shouldn't be happening. Right. That's and she just such an, broke down crying. An emotional moment. And I, I just wanted to... It's a moment of triumph. Take a, a quick second. Sorry for making her commencement speech about myself. I <laughs> I, I just, just thought it, about it and I was it like scared. But, bring it back. But I'm bringing it back to her because that's incredible and this is her story and she is so incredible and emotional and or inspirational and you know what I mean. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I get that. Yeah. Um, so she makes it to she makes it through her Europe trip and uh, comes back. She's graduated and she's working through uh, therapy and I would assume trying to get a job as Probably. a nurse. Yeah. Um, but she still has to face Robert at trial and give testimony. Oh my God. So this is when the trial begins. So Robert was charged with first-degree attempted murder. Mm-hmm. And here's the evidence against Robert, which is quite staggering. They had a statement from Melissa and a confession from Robert. In Robert's car, when they found him, uh, crashed into the wall of a convenience store, they found a baseball bat, a police baton, Melissa's blood, a knife, a sheath to another knife, mm-hmm. and a hatchet. Yeah, not great. I mean, I, he confessed, so it's not like I they understand, really... but like the fact that he has all these weapons with him, but he only used two of them. Like, oh my god! Like, yeah, it really shows how evil he wanted guy. to kill her. There's Absolutely. no question. Oh, no with question. All this, all this, all these weapons. I, I, like, I couldn't believe that even after learning that he, he stabbed her 32 times with two knives, this wasn't even the extent of the weapons that he brought with him. He's an evil dude. And so one, one year and one month later, uh, the court proceedings began and Melissa had to testify against Robert and give the details of their relationship and the encounter to see if it could be used as further evidence against him in the trial because at this point they're trying to get him locked away for life so they're trying to get everything that they can into the trial and so she testifies against him and she I'll read a quote from her because she wanted to show her show him that I'm alive here I am I'm beautiful and you didn't win wow So the entire time that she's testifying against him, Robert is staring at her, trying to stare her down. Robert is staring at her? Yep. Trying to intimidate her in court? Yep. Wouldn't break eye contact. Just fuck that guy. Yeah. The motorcycle agrees. As if you couldn't get worse. The motorcycle agrees. Yep. (laughs) We love that. (laughs) That's so fucked up. That this man thinks that he can intimidate her and have power over her in court where he's 100% going to prison and is wrong. I mean, obviously, that's an understatement, but I'm just saying, like, how, who who do you think you are that you have any kind of power over this incredible woman in court where you are being charged for her attempted murder, where you stabbed her multiple times with two goddamn knives? What the hell? I rest yeah. my case. You understand. I, I have no words for this man. So she 
she recalls this and she said, if he's going to stare at me, I'm just going to stare back at him. Of course. And she stared right back at him. Good. Fuck that guy. She said that she felt so empowered just staring back at him and knowing that he no longer had any power over her. Good. I'm glad. So um, she's giving testimony describing their early relationship and saying things that she's never told anyone, including the incident where he tried to strangle her but then stopped. Yeah. And at which point threatened to kill her and her mother. Mm Mm-hmm. So apparently she had never told anyone that story and she's telling it now for the first time in court while this asshole is staring at her. And so Burton's lawyers uh, tried to claim, so she gives her testimony, that's done. Burton's lawyers try to claim that he was incompetent to stand trial and this was obviously thrown out by the judge. It's like obviously clearly had the mental capability to like plan this and I'm sure it was, you know, not taken seriously. Um, and after this fails, Roberts basically stands up and he's like, I can't go through with this trial. I'm going to plead guilty. Like I can't do this. And Melissa recalls being like so surprised, like what? but so relieved because she doesn't have to go through trial now and he will go away for a long time. What a little pussy boy. Yep. I mean, it's good that he he didn't <laughs> sit, yeah. stand trial because, I mean, not that it... I mean, he would have lost anyway, so it's... Right. At least was, he... It was too much. There was too much evidence. Yeah, but him. just the fact that he's like, I can't handle it. Oh, you can't handle it? Fuck yeah, off. Yeah, really. Like, really. this is not about you, you fucker. Right, yeah, no, I had mixed feelings about it because I wanted him to, like, have to be humiliated in well, court. Well, of course. But and also, it's... I didn't want half to, her, Melissa to have to go through right. testifying in, in front of a jury. Yeah, that's what um, I was just going to say. Like, it's it's so, good that, that he did that because yeah. now she won't have to be put through it. But his reasoning for doing that is because he didn't want to have to go through it, which is just selfish and he's selfish obviously and terrible and evil and all the bad things and i just all the bad things all the bad things and i mean whatever at least it worked out for her right so we remember the whole incompetence how could we forget how could we forget it was two minutes ago (laughs) there's another idiotic thing that they tried to get through as they do so he's pleading guilty right Right. He's the first guilty plea that he enters is under the condition that he doesn't spend more than 10 years in prison. What? His he's trying to make he's trying to bargain. He's like, "All right, I'll tell you what I did, but I can't be in jail for 10 years." You think you're going to get anything for, out of this? For more than 10 years. More than 10 years? You're an idiot. Maybe he is incompetent. Maybe. Stupid ass. Um, but this was rejected by the of judge. Of course it's rejected by the judge. Obviously. What the heck? So, um, he enters uh, unconditional guilty plea. Good. And he's facing anywhere from eight years to life in prison, but it's up to the judge. Eight which years? I found extremely surprising because first degree attempted murder has a minimum sentence of eight years. That's very weird. Sentencing I can't is always imagine whack. a situation where you would premeditate. A murder and go to prison for eight years yeah that's whack i don't understand how i can't that can even... yeah i can't imagine how that's right it should be at least 20 i feel like yeah you know i don't know either way so this is now basically up to the judge to sentence him for a time period Bring him between home. those two parameters so now he's plead guilty 60 days from now um he will be sentenced so 60 days later, um, Melissa testifies one last time in front of the court to argue why he should receive the maximum sentence of life. Mm-hmm. And she obviously describes that he did not stop when she pleaded for her life and mm-hmm. continued to stab her until he thought she was dead. And this is why... 
he should receive the sentence of life because he obviously wanted me to die. Yeah. And in addition to that, she said, when you choose to forgive those who hurt you, you forever take away their power, and that's what I'm doing today. Robert, I forgive you for coming to my house and attempting to murder me. Wow. That, she's just becoming, I mean, she's just stronger every time you mention her. That's, yeah. That's crazy. I mean, her that, progression that's, is insane. Yeah, that character. This case. I mean, she she is so strong, and I'm I'm really glad that that she came to that in court and was able to say that to his face, and not just um, you know came to that realization later on when he was already in prison. Because you, for I mean, forgiving the person that did something so heinous to you. I mean, I obviously have never takes been through, so much strength. Of absolutely so much strength, and I mean, I obviously have never been through anything like that. But like, that is for her, you know. Now she can cope, and now she can move on. Um, <laughs> Alex just spilled water all over our bed. I love. That. I apologize. <laughs> it's okay, but I mean, that's that's just incredible that she was able to forgive him and do that for herself and be able to move right. on like that so you know she she's basically just ending she's ending that chapter on her terms good and that's the end of the court sentence <laughs> actually it's not let me give you the most important detail yes please the sentencing um <laughs> right Right. That little thing. That little thing. Um, so the judge um, said that whatever was in you, Robert, that made you try to kill Melissa that day on January 24th is with you for life. And this is why I think that you deserve the maximum sentence of life in prison. Hell yeah. And sentence him to life in prison. Good. So Melissa recalls the last time she saw Robert, he was sentenced. They took him, took his fingerprints, and took him out the door to prison. Good. She said that was the end of it. Good. That's good. You know. Awesome. That that's just that that dude. Go rot. Go rot. Yep. Go rot guy. for the rest of your life. Yeah. Your miserable life. We're done. We're done. We're done with Robert. Yes hate that guy <laughs> so post um sentencing there was um two other people i want to mention that are really important in melissa's life one of them is named audrey mabry who was another victim of breakup violence in quotes mm-hmm. um this is a phenomenon where i uh, you know a abusers will um commit violence against their significant other or partner after they break up with them you know presumably they threaten this before Mm -hmm. and then uh, take action after but audrey mabry was separated from her husband chris who she had two sons with um and he bludgeoned her with a hammer and set her on fire oh my god she was burned over 80 percent of her body and she also remembers the horrifying moment when she looked in the mirror after she survived oh my god and was really the only person who could truly empathize with melissa 100 percent and Melissa and Audrey met each other and were able to help each other through uh, Melissa's court case and into the future. So Audrey is actually the person who was able to help Melissa forgive her attacker in order to set her free Mm -hmm. from that anger and hatred towards Robert. Wow. Um, And... An upbeat part of the story is that they're both members of Hands Across the Bay, which is a nonprofit organization that helps prevent domestic violence and helps families in crisis. Wow. And they both go around and give talks about this and go on hotlines and talk with actual people who are in the thick of it 
and help them through their situation. And both of them work as an advocate um, for this nonprofit. So that was one person that Melissa met after the incident that really helped her and who she remains friends with to this day. That's incredible. Another person that she met post-incident was Cameron Hill, who was one of the firefighters who was first on scene to help revive her and get her airlifted to to the hospital. Um, And Melissa reconnected with him after giving a speech about her attack. And eventually Cameron invited her to um, the fire station to um, have dinner. Ooh. So she actually went to the fire station with her and her mom after they made cupcakes. (laughs) And um, it's funny because Cameron recalls a moment where he saw Melissa getting airlifted Mm -hmm. and he remembers having a feeling that he would see her again. So Melissa and her mom are at the fire station giving Cam cupcakes and getting a tour of the station. And Cam recalls that Melissa was giggling the whole night. She sat in the truck and she actually put on like a firefighter's uniform. Yeah, that's cute. And... She said that it felt like her first crush all over again. That must have been so fun. And it, it gets so better. giddy and it gets better. Keep it going. Yeah. So this was kind of their first date, which mm-hmm. I would assume was kind of weird because her mom was there, but whatever. Um, it was still. It's it, the way that they both tell it is really Cute. beautiful. Yeah, and um, they both enjoyed shooting. Shooting the guns. Yeah. Okay. cool so they went on their first official date at the firing range fun honestly fun so awesome and so so florida i feel like that is very florida very florida Um, so they went they went shooting and this became their hobby together that's fun and they you know they went on another date and another date and they ended up falling in love and actually the during the interview with cam he he tears up and says that, you know, I want to spend the rest of my life with this girl. And the documentary was filmed in 2014. And Cam proposed in 2015 at a Tampa Bay Rays baseball game. Aww. And they were married on March 4th, 2017. Aw, good. We love a love story. <laughs> yep. And that's the happy ending. Oh, good. I'm glad. To our story. We love a happy ending. So they're still together today. And um, Melissa is still out there giving talks on domestic violence for her nonprofit. Yeah, what's that? Hands Across the Bay. Hands Across the Bay. Is that something we can, like, leave a link for? Yeah, we can leave a link for it. Um, It is linked on her Facebook page, which I was going to link in the post anyway. Great. um, Because you can see... Her Facebook page is just completely dedicated to domestic violence. All her posts are about it. Yeah. And she's completely committed to ending domestic violence, like just bar none. Just yeah. Like period, I mean, she's ending just it all. an incredible, strong, just inspirational woman. That's yeah. amazing. So uh, that can be a link you can go check out. I highly encourage you to look at her Facebook page and check out this nonprofit because they do some pretty amazing things. But that is Melissa. Wow. And And her incredible inspirational story. Yeah, absolutely. That that really is so incredible. Um, And I I left the number for the National um, Domestic Violence Abuse Hotline um, on our first episode for, uh, I believe, Terry... Jandusa uh, Nikolai was that who it was? Yeah. Yes. We can um, leave it again. Yes, I'll, I'm going to link it again. Um, and I just wanted to say the number one more time, just because you know it's an important thing, and you know you never know who needs it out there. So the hotline is one eight hundred seven nine nine safe to call and to text. It is 
1-800-787-3224. Did I, does that make sense? <laughs> yep. Makes sense to me. Yeah. Okay. One second. So to call 1-800-799-7233 for a phone call and then to text is 1-800-787-3224. Just amen. Amen. You know, gotta, gotta put it out there because, oh, I almost just called it. I don't ha- I don't need it. Yeah, that <laughs> I, been awkward. I clicked on it and I, I didn't mean to. No, no, no. Um, but, but yeah, that, that's incredible. Are we going to end our uh, podcast with um, something good this week that happened? Just to yeah, uplift us further. Let's uplift us from this From tragedy. this tragedy that, I mean, ended positively. At least you had a, yeah, I mean, a to nice be honest, love story. Like, I still can't believe that she, this is a survival story because how, how, like, I still can't fathom how someone survives getting their skull punctured. That's Just a like horrifying... Just like that was the most horrifying part of this uh, encounter or... Um, event event for me i don't know what to call it because it's just so terrible but the the part where the first responder goes hands-on on on her and feels the holes in her skull i can't imagine yeah that does definitely uh, how that would feel no i'm not gonna i'm not gonna even try to think about that because that's horrifying um but yeah that's I mean, it's she's incredible. I mean, yeah. in, in all ways, and you know. <laughs> so yeah, I, my favorite part of the story is that she had all of these things stacked against her, and she felt so helpless initially when she woke up and looked at herself in the mirror, and she had all this disfigurement. She was losing her teeth. She had half her hair, and mm. she couldn't walk on her own. And the doctors told her that she wouldn't walk that she wouldn't talk again the same, that she wouldn't be the same student. And three weeks later, she walked out of that fucking hospital yeah, she proved and finished wrong. her degree and gave the commencement speech and went on to be a nurse and married the guy who saved her. Like it, Yeah, being a nurse is kick-ass in itself, but she just did all of that other stuff. She too. just did all that shit on top of it, and she didn't even take like a week off yeah, after that's she insane. got out of the hospital. She went right back to class. I mean, she didn't stop. What a worth work ethic. That's insane. And she just said he wasn't going to He wasn't going to let her He wasn't going to stop me. Yeah. Bottom line. Wow. I I mean, that is just pure strength in every way. Yeah. Mental, emotional, physical strength all all out. <laughs> yeah. And and she she um in her accounts after everything she said you know this was absolutely horrible to go Mm -hmm. through but she's in a weird sense glad that it happened because it made her so strong and she has this new purpose to volunteer for the nonprofit hands across the bay and she met cam wow that's incredible isn't that awesome it is it's awesome that's that's amazing but um but yeah let's let's end on let's end on a happy note yeah i so my exciting slash happy thing that is happening right now um is i'm getting a puppy i'm getting a little puppy um her name is crumb 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 crumbelina (laughs) crumbelina miss ma'am um no she her name's just crumb but she's this tiny 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 little shih tzu and she's like under two pounds right now and i'm picking her up in like two weeks and i'm so excited <laughs> i can't even express how excited i am um yeah so i'm gonna have a baby in like two weeks very exciting <laughs> yeah and she's what 1.9 pounds yeah under two pounds one and one. she's as tall as what four inches she's like as tall as the wall trim yeah like so i'm trying you, to gauge what yeah if you have is. like trimming on your wall like that's how tall she is <laughs> which yeah. is just so tiny nuts so little yeah and we got her um a cat leash with a bell a cat collar yeah her collar is like for cats and it has a little bell on it so that we can so hear we her know where she is so <laughs> we don't step on her <laughs> ridiculous yeah very exciting but yeah. yes that's my happy thing what's yours she's great um my happy thing is that I went golfing with some old friends this weekend, and um, for those who care or understand golf, um, I shot a 74 
Hell yeah, 74. I know what that means. <laughs> Shot a 74. <laughs> That's my man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, to, to like qualify that, um, it was a par 67. Hell so yeah, par se- 67. I know I what that means. <laughs> so par 67, 74, it was 7 over. So... It wasn't it as was impressive. Good. It wasn't as impressive as it sounds, but it was good. Well, don't sell yourself short. What I'm getting I'm is that to be real. you did a good just job. Real. You did good. You did good. I did good. Good. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, good. That's <laughs> our you. happy things. Happy so, things. All right, let's let's close it out. So, uh, if you would like to follow us on Instagram and see the photos we post or the links that we leave, follow us um, at not today underscore podcast. If you or anyone you know has a story, uh, whether it be true crime, survival, I'll take paranormal. It's it's Halloween time. Um, uh, or any any crazy story you'd like to tell us, we'd love to hear it. Email us at not today podcast no it's no today podcast no today at podcast. gmail at gmail.com and if you'd like to follow us on twitter that is not today podcast but the t on the end of podcast is a three because that makes sense and what else oh if you listen to us on apple Podcasts, or if you have an iphone and can access apple Podcasts, please leave a rate, rating yeah please rate and review it helps us out a ton um and like the late and great Ariana Grande once said, just keep breathing. Yeah. Thanks. That's See the podcast. <laughs>